Hey, security peeps, it's Renee Small here, and we have another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Chris Folon. Chris, say hi to the people. Hey, everyone. And our special fabulous guest today is Mike Roth. Say hi to everyone, Mike. Hey, everyone. How you doing? So we are going to jump right in. Mike has a really interesting background, went to the University of uh, Texas at Austin, and then um, segued up, has an engineering degree, moved into, had his own uh, private equity company. Yep. And then now has a cybersecurity company. So definitely juicy background that we (laughs) want to hear more about. So Mike, if you could just tell us how you got to where you are, what made you want to break into security, and just give the folks a background about you know how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thanks. Well, appreciate um, being on the show here. This is uh, a great uh, treat for me, so uh, really eager to share. Um, yeah, I actually started my career uh, in the oil and gas business. I was uh, when I was at UT. I was trying to figure out what, which direction I wanted to go with my career. And uh, my family has a history in the oil and gas business. So I said, well, I'll go into it. It'll be a great way to start. And I know quite a bit about it. And uh, so I spent the first 10 years um, as a petroleum engineer um, working with, for an international company and then also a, a smaller company. Uh, had just a plethora of a plethora of experiences, uh, got to travel all over the country. And then, um, but I, I knew that that's not really where I wanted my career to, uh, you know, go long-term. I, I knew that I wanted to transition, transition out eventually. So, um, yeah, I teamed up with, uh, some folks. We, um, started a, an investment firm, uh, to invest in, in different, uh, oil and gas assets. And, uh, that was sort of my my positioning to sort of get out of the industry and then hopefully do well there and 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 roll some of those proceeds over into launching a business in technology. Um, but I really actually wasn't sure what type of technology business I wanted to uh, go into. I was looking at maybe getting some new education uh, to try and transition, you know, a little bit smoother, uh, or being the you know entrepreneur. Uh, that I was, I was saying, well, I could go just do it and, and try my hand, <laughs> which can be dangerous. <laughs> um, but um, uh, ultimately, uh, what happened was I had a really uh, fortuitous encounter. I, I reached out to the Texas Advanced Computing Center because I, I was trying to figure out all the hype between you know, AI and machine learning and blockchain and you know, all the buzzwords. And, you know, being the engineer, I was trying to just get to the bottom of it and um, contacted uh, TAC, as it's known, which is a, a division of UT Austin, and mm-hmm. got in touch with the director there. Uh, his name's Dan Stanzione. Uh, you can look him up. He's just a, a brilliant, phenomenal man. Um, we hit it off, and he said, look, we're, we're looking for a guy like you to, to come and commercialize some of the innovations that we've created here to protect um, our organization. And I said, well, I'm kind of looking for, you know, someone like you to, to partner up with. And, and so that was, that was the start of it. <laughs> um, so what made you interested in um, security per se as a field versus uh, any of the other verticals within it in general? Yeah. I, you know, very honestly, it, it, 
it wasn't by design. Um, I, as an engineer, previous in my previous career, when I was, um, you know, we have so many different SCADA systems, and there's data just you know being transmitted everywhere. I had always wondered how how does this stay secure? I mean, anybody can sort of you know hack or or, or breach. Um, this information and, and it's very valuable. Uh, so I've always been curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Dan and I were talking, uh, which technologies were ripe for commercialization, um, uh, it seemed that security was the area that that, that where they really had uh, a pretty um, uh, long, uh, uh, I guess, lifespan of, of technologies where we can continue to. Uh, try to commercialize, see if the market, if there's a product market fit or a, or a service market fit. And uh, so we jumped in. Our first, our first solution was multi-factor authentication. So um, said, well, look, let's let's go try it out and and see what happens. And I've actually fallen in love with this industry. I think um, it feels good to know that I'm doing something good uh, every day with my time and um, uh, it in and coming from a commodity-driven business. Now going to a business that uh, seems like it's on its way up uh, perpetually, that's also a good feeling. <laughs> so what, how did you, since you were really breaking into the industry um, yeah. a year and a half ago, what mm-hmm. kind of research did you do um, prior to making the decision? And how do you keep up to, up to speed with everything going on in security today? Yeah, I read a lot. I read as much as I can. Um, I'm constantly, you know, trying to figure out where's the, the best source of information. Um, you know, what are the people who are leading, uh, the space? You know, what are they concerned about? How are they, uh, thinking about, um, whether it's a, a new breach or, or, uh, just in general, or how they're thinking about protecting their own organizations, um, I've, there's actually a really great organization uh, in Dallas called InfoSecCareer.org, and um, I, I'm actually a mentee of of one of the founders of that organization, and and they men- they mentor uh, tons of folks who are really interested. To, no matter where you are in your career, if you're there's actually a, a gentleman that I met the other day. He retired actually uh, from Homeland Security. And now he's breaking into uh, cybersecurity specifically, and he's a, a mentee. So um, that's been really, really great for me, um, and just you know being a student of, of, in that capacity. So that's that's one way. Yeah. So what would you say for the, the entrepreneurs looking to come into the cybersecurity industry? Um, how should they approach? Um, looking at this industry compared to other industries? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, any, breaking into any industry, is, as we know, is, uh, presents its challenges. Um, there are lots of companies out there. They all have different solutions, whether it's a, a product or a service. Um, so if you're an entrepreneur trying to, to break in, first I would, I would try and connect with um, – with people who have already experienced some success and have kind of been down the road uh, to try and understand before you, you jump in, you know, where can you actually add value? Um, you know, for us, uh, 
knowing that multi-factor authentication is something that's been around for a while. So we really kind of had to take a different spin on it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure that out really, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, 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 you got to find your niche, see where the, the market resonates. And, um, uh, but, but I would also say it doesn't necessarily have to be a product. Um, it could be, and you don't necessarily have to be super technical. Uh, if you're, if you're coming from another industry and let's say you have, you know, business analytics skills or you have, um, you know, uh, corporate development or, or, or marketing skills. I think trying to figure out which organizations uh, or, or whether they're small or medium sized that need your type of, of talent. Uh, and it, and it may not be that you start the company yourself. Maybe you team up like I have with uh, an organization that has a lot of credibility and, and uh, tenure. Um, and there, there are tons of opportunities like that at universities and um, research centers across the country. You made a point just now about having, making sure that whatever, as an entrepreneur, that your tool or your product or service has a um, value add. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that the folks that are listening really take that in, even if you're not an entrepreneur. So, you know, usually if I'm working, working with the, the executives and leaders and teams when it comes to place and talent, and being that value add and that solution is definitely what will help you break into the industry from an employee standpoint, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, just across the board. So I just want to kind of highlight that that aspect again from multiple different angles that being that value add is what really gets your foot in the door, regardless of what, you know, whichever way you're breaking in. Yeah, and to add to that, if you're applying for a role and you know you meet the minimum requirements of that role, don't just talk about how you fit that role, but say how you fit that role and then how all your additional other skills tie into making you even better at that role, but shows the the diversity that you might have in tackling a wide variety of problems. I wanted to segue, this is a perfect segue into... Mike, you bring such a unique experience having that um, private equity background. Mm -hmm. So how has that, because that's a, you know, a, a skill that many people breaking into security that we've seen so far don't necessarily bring to the table. So mm -hmm. share a little bit about the transferable skills that you've been able to take from having running that firm into what you're doing today. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, you know, I, I didn't quite... Uh, connect the dots um, until really a few weeks ago. I was reading a report recently that said that there, I think we're all aware that, that there's a cybersecurity uh, talent gap. Um, you know, there's this big uh, demand. And, uh, but I was reading that also within that gap, um, there's, there's sort of a, a, a deficiency in understanding uh, business processes. So how how do cybersecurity activities map well into the enterprise needs? And coming from the you know the private equity side of things, uh, and which actually I did a little bit of uh, VC type investing as well, um, it gave me a really interesting perspective and one that I never thought that I would have as as a former engineer. Um, and that was when you're 
you, you have to shift your entire mentality into if I invest a dollar into this particular endeavor or this particular product or service, you know, how, what is actually being generated, you know, uh, and, and really focusing on that, the, you know, the, the intersection, uh, which is really the definition of value. So if I put a dollar in today, am I getting $2 out tomorrow? Uh, or if I put a dollar in today, does that uh, extrapolate somehow to uh, another business process or business function uh, that then creates even more value? And so as I think about, um, as I think about how I approach uh, Evo and, and what we're doing, um, I'm constantly looking for, um, and the conversations that I have aren't about, hey, you need to come use our stuff. It's more about, hey, what is it that we can do to you? What's important to you? Uh, what are the things that are particular to your organization? And if what we're doing maps into that well, where there's actually an exchange of value, um, then uh, that's when I get excited and you know my team gets excited. Um, uh, and, and I think that's how, um, you know, going back to what you're, you're saying, Christoph, I mean, that's how um, uh, I would approach things as an entrepreneur. Um, but yes, I, I was fortunate to have that investor experience. So um, it, it, it gives us a, a little bit of an advantage, I think, you know, just getting started uh, with our new company here. Even coming from the investor background, how do you think organizations, maybe from that perspective, handle how they tackle risk and security to their organization um, from an investor standpoint? Yeah, that's that's actually a. I was. It's a great question. Uh, just to within the last week, actually, I was talking with uh, a. a a friend and, and a VC investor, and he, he basically he leads rounds for um, companies, and he's he's you know an angel investor, seed seed investor, and what we were talking about was before a company uh, goes for their Series A, uh, or if you're you're established organization and you're going for private equity capital, um, previously the investor wasn't necessarily thinking about, you know, what is the risk? How do I assign risk to this, the cyber posture of this or security posture of this organization? Uh, and, and incidents have just emerged so fast and they can happen so fast and, and really cripple an organization that it's actually emerged to the top of, of the chain in, in many situations on okay, I really need to understand what is the footprint or the fingerprint of this organization before I invest in it. And then once I do invest in it, what is actually going to happen uh, going forward? How are they going to protect my investment um, from a cybersecurity standpoint? And, and actually, uh, to, to even you know, uh, drive that message home, I was an uh, 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 early uh, adopter and user in a, a, a organization uh, and their product and they were hacked and my personal information was actually leaked. And so I saw it, uh, not only have I seen it from a, an investor side, but I've also experienced it. So I think that's something that uh, is going to be really important moving forward. Yeah. Does your company with, or with, I guess you, with the background that you have, Mm -hmm. help companies see that, like assess the risk 
And since you, you are bringing this unique set of experiences and skills to the table. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's so when we first started the company, we were focused really on just getting our feet wet. Um, and, and it was more of a product focus I mentioned with our multi-factor authentication tool, but, um, I'm really passionate about uh, the professional services side and, and really helping organizations that's really satisfying and fulfilling for me. So, um, and in fact, the conversation I just referenced was uh, exactly, uh, I, I'm, I'm polling um, different investors right now to understand, you know, how, uh, how they view this process, what they think would be valuable to them and, and what wouldn't be so that we uh, know how to develop the right tools and, and uh, yeah, steps going forward. Yeah. Um, maybe this could be taken from both a candidate view as well as an entrepreneurial view. Um, do you assess organizations that you're looking to work with, whether as a partner or as a them being a third party to your supply chain, how that risk transfers to your organization or from a client aspect, um, how their risk posture will affect their career? Uh, yeah, I think if I understand the question correctly, I think uh, we're asking about um, how organizations that we may work with, like third party organizations and how they plug into the security uh, yes. posture. So, yeah. 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 As you're evaluating organizations, do you consider their risk and how their risks add to your risks um, from the entrepreneurial side? Um, and a similar vein for candidates looking at an organization, if they work for an organization and they're in a top position and that organization has an incident, it affects their reputation. So just like a third party would affect your um, your reputation. How, how do you go about looking at that? Yeah, that is, uh, that's a really great question. Um, I've been thinking uh, a lot about that recently. And, uh, and, and, and really the, that thought stemmed from um, a few weeks ago, I, I went to an event in Baltimore. Uh, it was called Business in a Minute. And it's put on by the NSA, uh, where uh, cybersecurity companies, uh, or if you're an IT company or you have some other professional services, uh, you have an opportunity to go speak with um, prime contractors uh, who work with the NSA and other um, federal organizations. And um, I, I really started thinking about how those contractors really must have a, a, a phenomenal um, a program to protect all of their systems and all of the steps they take because they're working directly for the federal government, um, whether it's the de Department of Defense or with uh, the FBI. Um, uh, and so uh, if their footprint isn't secure, then they're a backdoor into um, a, a very sensitive situation. And so, but it doesn't just stop there. I think that translates across the board for every company, every organization. If you have, um, whether it's a freelancer all the way to uh, a, a large service provider, um, if there's if there's a, an attack vector um, on the periphery, then it's equally as important as you know how you, you view your core organization as well. So um, 
I think that once I, I really put that together, um, it, cause I, I wasn't really thinking of it at that depth before. Uh, and it's kind of kept me up at night a little bit. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's a very serious, uh, situation. And so, um, we're, we're, we're taking that very seriously as well. Yeah. yeah it's been recently demonstrated where a subcontractor for, um, customs and border patrol, um, their, their subcontractor got leaked, um, traveler information so pictures and license plate pictures and things like that of individuals who have crossed the border um that recently came to light yeah i'm sure there there are many others too it's uh <laughs> it seems like some of yeah. the reaches that's how you know these reaches happen it tends to be a third party um you know if you think about the biggest ones um i can't remember was it was it Target that uh-huh. had the HVAC vendor, yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, that's right. And all of them, not all, but as you, as we hear, you know, the two things that I that I thought was very interesting as I started to do research in this space a few years ago and continue to, is that you know it's usually some third party, you know, vendor or insider, some kind of insider threat, one way or the other, and those seem to make up the highest percentages of breaches so it's some back door, some back door into these large organizations um that's how they end up in the positions that they're, that they're in there's one of our social engineer guests recently uh, mentioned if if you can social engineer the human you can find a way in yep. <laughs> yeah yeah you know the great thing um that I, i'm fortunate about is that you know the tac or the texas advanced computing center they're um, you know, they have world, they have world-class folks. They really do. They, they, they um, uh, in fact, they just are, uh, provisioning the fifth fastest supercomputer on the planet, um, which was, uh, a, a result of the big, uh, federal grant. And so I feel really fortunate. Uh, their head of security is, is, is on our co-founding team is a co-founder in our company. And so, um, I've, I've had, uh, the ability to, to get schooled up on things that are really important, <laughs> um, really fast. And so I feel fortunate there, but, um, and, and they see a lot, you know, their, their machines get hammered all day long and, um, it, and they've been around for, you know, a while. So, uh, they, they've got a lot of experience as well. So it looks like you have that perspective in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if a company or a person, cause there's tons of people that want to become entrepreneurs and start their own, you know, their own shops. This seems like, like you said, you were looking for a partnership opportunity. Um, what, what are some of the things that you, some advice that you would give to a person um, who has, who's looking to either put up a shingle or, you know, stand up a, a building, you know, and do, do what you did because you're bigger than a shingle. <laughs> Well, it was, uh, you know, it was intimidating for me as I was, to be honest, as I was, um, even when I made the phone call to, to tack, um, cause I didn't know anything about really what they were doing and I had no idea how big they were. Um, what I did know is that, Hey, I, I have two choices. I need to go and get, uh, new additional education or, uh, I need to learn from people who have been there and I, I just, I love uh, entrepreneurship and innovation. 
Um, and so I would say, you know, think, uh, think in a nonlinear manner, uh, you know, the, the, the right route for uh, someone looking to enter the space may not be that you have to go and get um, tons of certifications. Although I, I do plan on getting certifications in the future when I'm eligible. Um, but uh, it could be that uh, it look to your local university, look to uh, other organizations that are uh, in your area uh, that may need some help. Uh, figure out a way to leverage your skill sets so that you can add value like we discussed. And perhaps that's what leads you into, um, you know, a larger opportunity that is made more long term. Uh, and it could be that you end up starting your own, um, you know, consulting company. It could be that you're actually developing products and services. Uh, but I think uh, the, the the biggest challenge there is, is just it, it's the fear part. It's being willing to ask and take that risk and take that chance and reach out. Um, I've found uh, that uh, I've, I've been denied and I've been told no more times than I can, can count, but there are many people out there that would absolutely love to, to share their knowledge and, and be willing to help. And so if you're reaching out in that context, um, I think you can create uh, as many doors for yourself as possible. Since you mentioned, um, being told no, it's often a question that we get from uh, candidates. Um, I've applied at this many jobs and I got turned on this many times. How many, how many no's did you get? How many times did you get the door clo closed on your face? Um, <laughs> and so tell us about that journey a little bit. Yeah. So that really goes back to the, the investor days um, after I came out of my uh, engineering stint. Um, and a lot of my focus was trying to find opportunities to invest in. And then I had to go raise the capital to do that. So it was kind of this scary dance where I was finding opportunities while at the same time having to raise the money, uh, especially trying to get started. And then we ended up raising a larger fund. But um, we, it's when I call somebody up and say, hey, or I try and grab a coffee or lunch and I say, hey, I'm. So and so, you know, I'm interested in talking to you about this opportunity. And they say, well, we don't know you. And, you know, why should we trust you? Um, and so it just takes time and it's it takes persistence. Um, and it takes the, the knowing that if you keep going, you can you will be able to manifest your future. You really will. Um, and uh, and it's just thinking and concentrating and focusing on that every day. Uh, so if you're if you're. Uh, I think the last uh, guest you had talked about how many times they had, um, you know, applied for a position. Uh, I don't think there's a magic formula, but what I would try to do is figure out uh, really, you know, go back to the, the most simple form of how do you add value? So write out your skill sets, uh, figure out what they are, match your skill sets, uh, whether they're, they're new from a cybersecurity standpoint or old, from your previous uh, career, figure out which organizations map well into that balance of skill sets. And I think that might give you a little bit better chance um, to make some progress and get some traction. I think that ties into our last question just perfectly. Um, you, you could take it from the either the candidate point of view or your entrepreneurial point of view, but um, any 
last piece of sage advice that you would offer someone following in your footsteps? Uh, let's see. Uh, I think entrepreneurship in general uh, is a little crazy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, just be prepared for the ride. Um, but I think the biggest, biggest piece of advice is that uh, don't go it alone. Um, try and find as much help as possible, um, uh, whether that's mentorship, um, whether that's uh, partnerships uh, like we've done. Um, and I'm doing both of those things, actually. And, and really being willing to, to, to open up your mind and, 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 and your, um, uh, and your, you know, I guess, potential to, uh, the, the guidance of others, um, who, especially who have been in the industry for a while and know probably where you should spend your time and where you shouldn't. So I think that's been the most helpful thing for me over the last 12 months, uh, far and beyond. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was great, that was great advice. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Sure. Definitely yeah. Awesome advice for sure. Well, we are at the top of the half hour. So, Mike, I would like to thank you for coming on and sharing this knowledge and um, providing us with this unique um, perspective. Because, like I said before, Chris, have we ever had on anyone like Mike? I don't think so. Uh, no, we haven't had an entrepreneur on. I mean, uh, Jules took it from uh, yeah. an amazing sales sales, sales director. Um, we also had Cornelius that had a sales background, but right. uh, never an entrepreneur. So um, yeah. first, and hopefully we'll, we'll have many more um, following behind you now. Exactly. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you all so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Take, take care. care. You too.